It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 30th, 2020. My name is Phil Frostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Yes, that is new theme music. It does mean that we are in a new season. Well, almost. I'm not counting this quite as the new season. We'll wait till uh, the end of the finals. But the Orlando Magic season is officially over following their 118-104 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 5. I'm happy to say that, you know, honestly, the, the best part of this is is watching the video of, of Terrence Ross going back home, of James, James Ennis going back home, of Wesley Wundu seeing his dogs the first time in, in a couple months. It's it, the, the only good news here is that... Uh, um, that the players are, are back are back home and with their families and loved ones and, and of course we thank them for their sacrifice uh, and for and for doing this for us essentially uh, and and for for finishing the season uh, in these conditions uh, for us for the fans uh, as well as for the television partners but that we won't be so cynical in this moment on today's episode of Locked On Magic we will recap Game Five of the Magic's playoff series against the Bucks we'll. Put a bow on that on that part of the season. We'll go over the box score, of course, uh, and then we will look ahead to the future uh, and an uncertain future that it is. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Milwaukee Bucks as they now prepare to face the Miami Heat or their perspective on their series win? Check out Locked On Bucks. They do a great job covering the Milwaukee Bucks. We, of course, talked to them earlier uh, before the series began a few weeks ago. You can also check out Locked On Heat. As much as we dislike the Heat, they do a great job covering the Miami Heat. They'll have that series covered top to bottom as well. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. Yes, I use these promo codes too. That's t- Locked On as the promo code for ten dollars off your next order. The one thing that I think we can say about the Orlando Magic throughout this entire playoff series, um, you know, is the one thing that honestly Steve Clifford pointed to as something he was disappointed with in last year's playoff series. We've done a lot of comparing between these between the teams uh, to, to just try and find some measurement of growth. And we'll get into some of the bigger picture stuff here at the end of the show, um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but it always struck to me, you know, in, in that press conference hall in, in Toronto after Game 5, Steve Clifford said... 
he was disappointed that his team didn't compete better. Not that not that he was disappointed in his team. I, I don't think it was an effort issue. But he felt like the team could execute and play at a higher level. And of course, the, do, the, the struggles in that series are well documented. Nikola Vucevic struggled. Evan Fournier struggled. Terrence Ross struggled a little bit. You know, Aaron Gordon was essential, was really the only player who, uh, uh, only key player at least, who really acquitted himself well or looked like he was ready to take a leap, that, that really stepped up to the plate in the playoffs. I mean, Jonathan Isaac looked like a rookie. I mean, it was, it, it was very much the first time the Magic were in the playoffs. That, that, that's, that's what it looked like. And, and they got, you know, pretty beaten pretty badly by the team that would eventually, of course, become the NBA champions. Clifford, Clifford's statement that the team just didn't compete well enough, you know, that, that's just not who this Magic team is. That's not who, what, that's not what's at the core of, of what Steve Clifford wants from the team. It's not at the core of the, of the team that they were throughout the season. This time around, though, no one can question the Magic's fight. And Steve Clifford certainly didn't either. You know, he gave Milwaukee Bucks their kudos and, you know, said he was, you know, with the exception of Game 3, he was very happy with how his team competed. They gave themselves a chance to win every single game. And yes, we will look back at the series both uh, in saying that there are so many injuries that, that kept the Magic from really competing in this series, you know, essentially down an entire position at the power forward, posi- power forward position with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and Al Farouk Aminu out. The three guys that they have on this roster specifically to guard someone like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Three very good defenders in this league. All gone. You know, Frank, not even on the campus uh, in this strange way the season ended. But yet the Magic had every chance to win. They can look to turnovers. They can look to maybe some bad tactical decisions, missed shots. Milwaukee was always one run away from blowing things open. That's how thin the margin for error is. I joked with some with with some coworkers. I work at, at Spectrum News 13 um, as my day job, uh, and I was joking with with some of them as we were watching this watching this game, or as we were reflecting on the end of the series, on the end of Game Five. I, I I told them, you know, the Magic played two of the closest fifteen point games you've ever seen. Game Four was not a sixteen point loss. That was a close game. That that the Bucks had one big run that the Magic just couldn't recover from. And that's exactly what happened in Game 5. Orlando trailed by 20. They tied the game at 31 in the second quarter, gave up 13 straight points again. And they were struggling to keep up. And when the Bucks were dialed in, when the Bucks were locked in, they were tough. And actually, this is how every single game the Magic played against the Bucks went this year. The Magic were competitive, except for maybe a four or five minute stretch, if that. And that's when the Bucks raced ahead and made the games a blowout. The Magic fought. They always fought to get back. Down by as much as 23 points, Orlando went on a 24-7 run in the fourth quarter. Capped off by an Evan Fournier 3 who finally, finally, finally found some rhythm. Made some big shots. His three-pointer with seven and a half minutes to play cut the lead to three. Giannis Antetokounmpo was on the bench picking up a silly... Uh, an extremely silly fifth foul at the end of the third quarter. If there was a door opening for Orlando to steal game five and force this to a game six, it was there. It was open. The opportunity was present. All they had to do was make the plays. All they had to do was get the stops. All they had to do was get the rebound. All they had to do was make the shots. And unfortunately, 
That is what's ultimately going to be remembered about this series. The Magic just didn't have enough. They didn't have the big plays in them. You know, game one, they made some big plays, but the rest of the series, the plays were not there. Coming out of a timeout, the Bucks got two offensive rebounds. Again, rebounding is a central tenant of Steve Clifford's defense. The Magic are one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league in the regular season, but in this series, they gave up several big offensive rebounds, and some of that might have been the small margin for error. But the Magic gave away possessions and gave away points like that. And Marvin Williams hit a three-pointer. Former Steve Clifford uh, player in Charlotte hit a three-pointer to make it a six-point game. Then Chris Middleton hit a tough jumper over Markel Fultz. And then finally, a three-pointer by Marvin Williams once again. It's eight quick points, and the lead was back to 11. Orlando had the fight, man. You know, the atmosphere, just the aura of the game felt weird uh, coming off of the, the sit-in and, and the walkout on Wednesday. It, 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 it felt like both teams needed a little while to, to, to get into the game. Um, you know, frankly, as a fan, as someone who's, who watches this game, it, it felt a little too soon to be playing. Still felt like there was work to do off the court before we got on the court. Um, you know, I'm not going to fault the players for playing. It's ultimately their decision, and it's it's as much their fight that they're leading, and, and they should have the ability to guide how that fight goes. But it the aura of the game was very strange, I, I have to say. And some of it was the tributes to Lute Olsen, to Chadwick Boseman, to Clifford Robinson that were held before the game. It, you know, it, it felt off. And the Magic were sloppy at the start with a ton of turnovers. Again, opportunities that they lost. It, it didn't feel like there was playoff focus, if not playoff intensity. But it, it eventually came. It eventually did come for both teams. And while Milwaukee may not have played at full octane, because obviously what's going on um, in the world is closer to their home than to Orlando's, certainly Milwaukee was good enough to put the Magic away. Credit the Magic for their fight. Credit the Magic for staying in the game and never giving up. And Steve Clifford said after the game that he was very, you know, not that necessarily that he was proud of his team, but that he was happy with how they played, with how they competed in the series. And while injuries are not an excuse, they certainly played a factor. The Orlando Magic did about all they could in this series, guys. Um, I, I think... Last year, we certainly left that five-game series feeling a bit overwhelmed and, and certainly outmatched. The Magic went through the playoff ringer, got twisted and turned and spit, spat out at the end. The Magic leave this postseason with their heads held high, with nothing to be ashamed of. With a feeling that, yes, we can see clear progress from where we were last year. We, we, we acquitted ourselves better we put up a heck of a fight. But at the end of the day, the thing we're learning about the playoffs, the thing that this, this group has learned about the playoffs, I'm sure, being able to compete and being able to fight is only the first step. It's only the baseline thing that's expected in the playoffs. You got to make the plays. You got to be able to make the plays. You got to be able to beat a defense that knows exactly what's coming. And that's the part that there may be no answer for on the roster. And now, 
as we're going to explore later on in this podcast, we enter one of the most uncertain off-seasons that the Magic will face in their franchise history. An off-season where it does very much feel like change is in the air. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get to the heavy stuff, though, let's run through the final box score, the final box score of the Orlando Magic season. It was a frustrating game offensively for the Orlando Magic. They never really could get their offense going except for that 24-7 to run in the fourth quarter. And again, they stayed in the fight. They, you know, they kept themselves in it. Like I said, the game had a very weird aura to it. I wouldn't particularly describe the game as intense or efficient or clean. Uh, I thought both teams were a bit sloppy and... Uh, you know, I could kind of tell that that both teams' attention and focus were elsewhere. You know, again, they, they played the game. It's not like they didn't play hard. Um, but certainly it wasn't as kind of uh, meticulous as you would expect for a playoff game. And certainly just had a different feeling. Um, this was, again, just an odd game. Uh, you know, Orlando got some really nice performances and really nice games from, from players they needed to have nice games from. But ultimately, you know, the Magic needed Nikola Vucevic to have a big game. Um, he's been the, the catalyst of this team and... and you know, I, I wouldn't call this Nikola Vucevic's worst game of the series, but certainly you could tell that he was pressing a little bit and, and trying to hit shots and trying to kind of will the team, and, and, and that's just that's just not who he is. Um, Vucevic, 22 points, 15 rebounds, 5 assists. So, you know, the numbers look fine. He did plenty, plenty right. I'm not going to criticize him too much for how he played. Um, he did shoot 9 for 25, 3 for 10 from beyond the arc. Again, he was trying. I mean, in all series, he's been so good. Um, you know, he's been efficient and effective making those shots. Um, you know, he wasn't forcing things. You know, maybe he forced some post-ups a little bit to try and get the team going offensively. But, um, you know, he missed a couple jumpers, missed a couple hook shots that he needs to make. Uh, you know, again, just just little things that you can complain about. Um, but, you know, he, he was doing his best to will this team. Um, that's not his personality. That's not who he is. Uh, and, and, you know, Vucevic goes out with a solid game. You know, he, again, did everything he could. I, I, I think... You know, y'all, I think you all know that I defend Vucevic probably a little bit more than, than most, certainly more than most, but I defend Vucevic a, a little bit more and probably a little bit more than I actually believe that that he should be defended. Um, you know, I think there's there's quite a backlash against him for some reason, but I think Vucevic came out of this series, you know, looking really, really well. I mean, the national broadcast certainly put him over uh, and, and talked about how skilled and, and, and unique he is as a player, um, but I think he comes out of this series looking like an all-star, um, looking like a true, consistent all-star. And again, I, I felt like after he came back from his injury in January, uh, you know, once once he got some games under his belt after after coming back in December, he started putting back up all-star numbers again. So, you know, I'm confident that Vucevic is going to be at this level for at least a few more years, at least to the end of this contract. Um, and, you know, I, we'll talk about the future in a little bit, um, and certainly we'll talk about the future plenty as we continue on this podcast throughout the offseason. Uh, it, it, Vucevic, Vucevic is still a core part of this team. Um, and, and as I told people online, 
if the Magic have any inkling that they want to win next season, unless they get a killer deal for someone or they just swing the, the trade of a century, Nikola Vucevic is going to be a part of it. And I think he proved that this this playoffs. And, and I think he won a lot of people's respect. Um, you know, I've, I, I, I got yelled at by some Magic fans for saying he's a top 10 Magic player of all time. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, he is... He is one of the going to go down as one of the seminal figures in Magic history, um, you know. Again, maybe representative of a darker era for sure. Not not a championship era. I'm not talking about him in the same breath as McGrady, O'Neal, Howard, and Hardaway. That, that he is not on the Mount Rushmore or anything. But he is he's going to be a guy that's that's going to be around the Orlando Magic for as long as he wants to be. To be frank, um, you know, when he retires, he will be around. He's going to be a, he's going to be a Magic legend. He's going to be in the Magic Hall of Fame. This this guy had a fantastic playoff performance, a redemption playoff performance, and the, you know, Vooch. I don't know if you listen to this, but you have nothing to be ashamed of. You you did you did extraordinarily well in this series. Uh, just a, a tough way to go out. Evan Fournier had his first real nice game of the series. Um, Eighteen points, five for twelve shooting, three for seven from beyond the arc, five for seven from the foul line, four rebounds, three assists. You know, again. Devin Fournier was just about making shots, and he struggled a little bit early to make shots, but once, you know, he, he started going in that fourth quarter run, he was a big part of that run, um, you know, he just made shots. Uh, you know, I, I really don't think there's much more to it with Evan Fournier. If he's making shots, he's effective. If he's not, you know, it, it's tougher to justify him being out there, to be frank, um, especially in a playoff series where, you know, defense really matters and you have to be kind of precise and, and pinpoint on things. Um, you know, part of me just thinks, you know, and again, this is maybe a, this is maybe too too much of a conclusion, but part of me thinks Fournier is really well when he's just able to play and, and defenses don't key in on him as much um, when he's able to just kind of play in his tendencies. And, and this is something I'm going to ponder about and probably talk a little bit more about uh, in the next week or so. You know, this team has to be better playing uncomfortably. Uh, and I think Fournier is a guy that when teams really game plan him and really kind of hone in on his game, he is someone that you can knock off very easily. And again, that's not going to be effective in the playoffs, especially with the team Magic have. Um, so he just he just may not be a playoff player on this team. I'm not saying he couldn't do it on another team because I, I still like Fournier as a player. But on this team with what the Magic ask him to do, um, you know, defenses are able to really key on him. And I think he struggles with that. Um, it was good to see him break out in this game. DJ Augustine, 15 points, 5 for 12 shooting, 3 assists. Did a good job pacing the team uh, in that second unit. Um, certainly in the fourth quarter, hit a bunch of big shots to bring the Magic back into the game. Um, again, DJ Augustine, very well might be his last game in a Magic uniform. Um, you know, he's created a ton of good memories for this this team. Most notably game one, obviously, last year. Um, I, you know, we'll talk about DJ Augustine's free, free agency, obviously, uh, moving down the line, but... Um, I I really think the Magic respect and and value his veteran presence. Um, and he, you know, you could say what you want about his shortcomings. You can say what he, what you want about him as a player. There's there's certainly certainly something to it. But he he um, stabilizes so much about this team, and it's not just about on the court. Um, so you know, I I I I don't know if he will be back in a Magic uniform next year. Um, he is an unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, for those who are eager to see him go or, or ready to see him walk, which, you know, you're not particularly wrong. I, I always just say, you know, be a little bit careful what you wish for. There, there are intangible things um, and, and a balance that's there that DJ Augustine does help a lot with um, that, that, you know, maybe we don't always point to. That just so to, that, that, That's my only word of caution. 
Terrence Ross with a solid game, 13 points, 5 for 11, shooting 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Throughout this, honestly, Terrence Ross had a really nice series. Um, you know, I think he averaged, what, 17, uh, 17 you know, 16 points per game. Um, but he he did a really good job adjusting to the Bucks' defense. He, you know, early on, you know, game one and probably game two, he was still kind of jacking up the same threes and the same shots. Um, but he did a really good job as the series went on finding ways to cut and finding ways to get a shot. So he wasn't always hitting threes. He wasn't always shooting threes. He still found a way to get his three-pointers, but he was really taking what the Bucks' defense gave him and making them pay for it, and that opened up his three-point shooting. So, you know, I think it took Ross maybe a couple games to figure it out, but he played, I thought, a really strong series overall. Um, Markel Fultz had a really nice finish to the series as well. 14 points, 6 for 14 shooting, 5 assists in the game. Um, had that nice coast-to-coast layup. You know, he did a lot of really good things. Uh, you know, Fultz's success is going to come down to whether he can consistently hit jumpers. Um, he's got to get defenses to respect his jumper, and he was a good jump shooter this year. Don't you know, don't get me wrong. He's a good mid-range jump shooter, but you can see teams ignoring him on the three-point line. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when Giannis was taking threes, you know, someone asked, someone asked me about Giannis and said, I can't believe Giannis is hitting all these threes. I'm like, yeah, but... Every time Giannis hits a three, that's a victory for your defense. That's still a shot you want him to take. And, you know, credit to Giannis. I mean, he hit shots in this game. He hit shots throughout the series. Credit to Giannis. He's worked on a three-point shot where it is a legitimate weapon. And, you know, you kind of throw your hands up when Giannis is hitting threes and saying, if, if he's hitting that, it's game over. You can't do anything. I still think he'd rather have Giannis shooting threes than, go, than driving to the basket. But, um, but you know, again, Fultz has got to get to that point. Really strong season for Fultz, though. Like, let's, let's not... Let's not you know, paint over that. There were, you know, so, you know, I wouldn't say few expectations for him, but this year it just felt like the Magic wanted to kind of throw him out there, get him used to playing, and, and just kind of let him experience being a rookie again. And again, I I feel for the kid that he didn't get a full 82-game season, and, and he won't get a full 82-game season next year either. So he's going to go into his, his entire rookie contract without playing a full NBA season. Two, two years because of injury, two years because of... A pandemic, uh, and and I feel for the kid because you know he's extremely talented. We saw it all year long how good he can be um, if if he's given the time to put all the pieces together. So I'm excited to see him get an off season. You know they always say year between your rookie and sophomore year is your your biggest year for development. He's now gone through one entire season in postseason, uh, or you know at least what's what's presented as an entire season. Um, and and I'm eager to see what he looks like when whenever the league gets back underway. The two guys that the Magic needed to play well that, that just didn't today, um, or didn't in this game, uh, James Ennis, 9 points, 4 for 11 shooting, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds, 4 turnovers. He was just wild. Um, you know, I think Ennis does have a tendency to kind of dig his head in, go to the basket, and just whatever happens, happens. Um, that's not going to get the job done. I thought he was loose and, and you know, a little, little off with his with his perimeter ball handling. You know, I think, you know, again, I... I just I just didn't think he had a very good game. Um, you know, I think he, you know, not that he jacked up shots, not that he, you know, took thing things too far out of the offense, but he didn't play his role. And when he did get the ball in positions to score, you know, he just it didn't seem like he was super engaged. Um, you know, again, I'm not questioning effort. I don't like questioning effort. Um, but it, it there were just a lot of bad decisions uh, from Ennis in this game. And finally, Gary Clark, one point six rebounds. Over four from the field, over three from beyond the arc. The games that the Magic competed in, they won game one. Gary Clark had four threes. They won game, or they they were close in game four. He had four threes. 
Like it or not, Gary Clark was a big part of the series. And again, the Magic were down at that position, didn't have a lot of depth. Losing Gary Clark or not having Gary Clark, you know, playing at a high level cost this team. There's no other way to say it. Um, You know, they needed him in that moment. The Magic shoot 39.4% from the field, 15 for 41 from beyond the arc. So they made their fair amount of threes, 15 of 21 from the foul line. They commit 11 turnovers, but boy, did every all 11 feel big. Milwaukee turns those 11 turnovers into 16 points. The Bucks not particularly sharp either. They shoot 45.5%. 16 of 45 from beyond their 22 for 27 from the foul line. They have 14 turnovers. Orlando turned those into a bunch of points too. Giannis with 28 points, 17 rebounds to complete a masterful series. The Magic, Magic's defense weakened on him as the series went on. He figured out what the Magic were doing and Again, I think the lack of depth at the power forward position really, really hurt the Magic in this way. I mean, Orlando was trying a bunch of different things defensively, and you know, once they once once he figured out how to beat their wall, it was game over for him. So the Magic just just again kind of ran out of gas on him. Chris Middleton also found himself again twenty one points, ten rebounds, seven assists. Once Middleton figured himself out, that's that's game over for the Magic again. Margin for error is just too small. Brooke Lopez sixteen points, Eric Bledsoe ten, Marvin Williams twelve, George Hill eleven for the Bucks. The Bucks defeat the Orlando Magic 118 to 104. They will advance to the second round to take on the Miami Heat. So we say to our friends with the Milwaukee Bucks, beat the Heat. Before we go any further, before we talk about the future, we all need a little energy boost sometimes. There's no no doubt about it. It's it's tiring, you know, working so working so hard every day, going to the gym, doing whatever you got to do. And when I need a little energy boost, when I feel I need a little pick-me-up, I turn to the protein bar that has all the nutrients I need with none of the calories or with fewer of the calories. That's what Built Bar is. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's not some nutty thing. It's not some candy bar that, or it's not some protein bar that says it's Rocky Road or Cookie Dough or some something like that. And it just tastes a little bit off. No, this is a chewy bar filled with chocolate that tastes like chocolate. I can't recommend this product enough. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like cookies and cream. I'm putting that one in my next order. I'm on my last box. So you you better believe that I'm listening to this ad just as much as you are. Also comes in carrot cake, apple, almond crisp, plus the 12 original flavors, which include German chocolate, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, and a whole lot more. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're the perfect snack for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets, and anything else you might need from a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. I'm about to do it myself. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey 
the end of the season always brings some finality to it. Um, whether it ends in the playoffs, whether it ends at the end of the regular season, that last day in the locker room, that last day with the team after the game, the day after at media day, which which we will not have a, a formal media day uh, or a formal exit interview day, it always feels a little funereal. It's it's an ending. The the guys that you've been with, that you've sweated with, that you've worked so hard with for an entire season. You know, it's over. There is no tomorrow. There's no game more. No more games to play. I mean, certainly, certainly, I'm happy for, and 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 certainly, the players seem very happy to be reunited with their families and to be back home. Um, it's certainly that part is certainly heartwarming, and 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 obviously, the players made a tremendous sacrifice to go inside the campus and and do this for us and play these games for us. But this is it. This team is no more. It's fundament it's it's fundamentally going to be different. As Steve Clifford likes to say, every year is different. It doesn't matter how many of the same players you bring back, there's always a different dynamic. The Magic had virtually the same season they had as last year. Won virtually the same amount of games. Yes, I know they won only thirty three games, but their win percentage had them at thirty seven and judging by the schedule that they had, it I don't think it's crazy to think the Magic would have won forty. That's that's just me. That's just me. I I don't know. I, I don't think it. I don't think it would have been crazy. And with all the injuries the Magic had this year, that's Magic about stayed where they were. And frankly, that's part of the problem. That's part of why the end of this season felt different too. There's a lot of uncertainty about the 2021 season, and it obviously has to start with when the 2021 season is going to take place. We are probably looking at a February start, but even that doesn't feel certain. You know, December 1st definitely seems out of the question. You know, maybe MLK Day is a target date, but at the end of the day, the NBA is not going back to a bubble. When the NBA returns for the 2021 season, they're going to try and have their teams traveling around the country. They're going to try and have their teams travel to sites. And the hope is, the hope is the pandemic is under enough control that they can do that and perhaps welcome a limited number of fans to their buildings. The NBA is not doing this bubble, this campus experiment again. They can't afford to do that, to be frank. But there is that uncertainty about when the NBA will return, but there's also uncertainty about this roster. Obviously, Jonathan Isaac with his torn ACL is likely going to miss the entire 2021 season takes almost a full year before a player can get back and playing, and it's hard to imagine the Magic playing in August ever again. Maybe maybe the schedule shifts, but who knows. And, of course, there is no stagnation in this league. You're either moving forward or you're moving backward. The Magic move forward a little bit, they clearly their playoff experience clearly helped them navigate this season, weather all the injuries that they faced, and have a better playoff showing. It's hard not to watch what we saw in the playoffs and not be impressed and not say, you know, this team, all things considered, 
was better prepared and better than they were last year. Different, but better, perhaps. We could certainly debate that another day. But that progress was not enough. The players, the coaches would say, certainly at the beginning of the season back in September, they expected more. They believed they could compete for home court advantage. They believed that they could put up a better series, a better fight, and perhaps sneak into the second round if they caught, if they got hot, if they got the right, the right matchup. They believed all of that, and it wasn't far-fetched to say. This was a young team with Jonathan Isaac, you know, ready to come into his own, with Aaron Gordon potentially knocking on the door of stardom, with Nikola Vucevic as a consistent stalwart on the block, with whatever Markel Fultz would have been. It wasn't far-fetched, but that's not what happened. The Magic stayed in the 7th or 8th seed. They hovered slightly below 500 all year. And if they bring this same roster back again, it's hard to imagine they could even replicate those results, especially with Isaac on the shelf for the year. Indeed, it feels like changes in the year. Feels like changes of some sort is necessary. I once posited uh, back during the pandemic when everything was on pause, I I once said that if you view this Magic team as a rebuilding team of young guys still trying to make their way, trying to figure things out, they are ahead of schedule. If you start things when Jeff Weltman took over, they made the playoffs two of the last three years, probably quicker than even Jeff Weltman anticipated. A credit to Steve Clifford and his coaching. Like a credit to him. He, he coach, you know, you could say a lot of things about Steve Clifford as a coach, but he wrings everything he can out of the, his rosters. And his rosters that he's dealt with in Charlotte and in Orlando are not perfect rosters by any means. But if you look at this team as a veteran team, as a team that is full of guys that are in their prime or nearing their prime. This team is far, far behind. If you look at the larger scope of the eight years since the Magic traded Dwight Howard, it's hard to say that two straight first-round exits are where this team should be. You look at who was playing in this playoff series outside of Markel Fultz, Every key young player was out. And that's the most disappointing thing about this playoff series. It's not that the Magic lost. It's that the Magic, the players the Magic needed to, to experience the playoffs did not play. Aaron Gordon missed the entire playoffs with his hamstring injury. Jonathan Isaac missed the entire playoffs with his torn ACL. Mo Bamba missed the entire playoffs because he was still feeling the lingering effects of COVID-19. Markel Fultz is the only one that got the playoff experience, so to speak. And that will be valuable. Again, I'm not arguing the Magic should have missed the playoffs. They should always make the playoffs when they can. But the undeniable fact is, the guys playing in these playoff games, the key players in these playoff games, are Rob Hennigan players. If anything, this postseason proved that Rob Hennigan wasn't a bad eye for talent. Byers even played well for Philadelphia. Rob Hennigan was not a bad eye for talent. The problem was never t- 
talent necessarily on the roster. It was how it was composed and how it was coached. It was the infrastructure around. Again, all credit to Steve Clifford for bringing all he could out of this team. He took a team that was full of players that had barely struggled to win 30 games in six years and turned them into a back-to-back playoff team. A team where the playoffs are a disappointment if they're not capable of doing more. Steve Clifford deserves a ton of credit for that. He changed the culture as much as Jeff Weltman hates that word. He changed the culture in that locker room and changed this team for the better. Something Rob Hennigan never could figure out how to do as general manager. But like I said, there is no standing still. There is no stopping. There is no taking a breath. In the NBA, there's only moving forward and moving backward. And the question the Magic have to ask themselves, especially with Jonathan Isaac out next, for most likely out next season, are we moving forward or are we moving backward? And that answer is not particularly clear. But it's pretty easy to say we know a lot of who these guys are. And certainly it's easy to say if we bring back this roster, if we make minor tweaks and rely on Al Aminu being healthy or Aaron Gordon being healthy or whoever we draft or Chuma Okiki, can they really say that that team can do more than what this team did? I think that is a fair question, and that is going to be the question that is at the center of everything the Magic do this offseason. For the next couple weeks, for the next couple months, because we won't see the draft until October, for the next couple of months, the question will be, is what we have left capable of being better than what we have now? As I've said before, The Magic shouldn't have needed anything that happened in the campus to make that conclusion, to be frank. They watched a team that struggled to exceed expectations. They watched a team that, while dealing with a ton of adversity and handling it extraordinarily well, still topped off as a middling team. And it's hard to say that Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac would have changed a whole lot because they finished far behind Indiana for sixth. This is a team that struggled to beat the best teams in the league, winning just five games in the regular season against teams with records better than 500. The game one win over the Bucks made six. That is not a good sign. That is not a good omen of a team that can rise up to the occasion, that can take that next step. And at the end of the day, too, the Magic have bills to pay. Jonathan Isaac, Marco Fultz will become restricted free agents at the end of the 2021 season. They've got a very crowded cap sheet. They can't pay everyone. And they can't stay married to this roster forever. At this point, everyone on the roster, not named Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, and probably Mo Bamba, although I wouldn't exclude Bamba from that list. Everyone on the roster could be gone. That could be the last game we see of Nikola Vucevic in a Magic uniform, of Evan Fournay in a Magic uniform, of Aaron Gordon in a Magic uniform, of DJ Augustine in a Magic uniform. Guys who have been the bedrock of this team. You'll talk 
a little bit more during the offseason because I've already got some ideas. We'll talk more about what direction the Magic should and will go. But undoubtedly, standing still is not an option anymore. They got away with it last year, and it made sense to with the cap situation that they were in and everything else. And they actually spent some money to go get a starter caliber player. He just was hurt all year. Still, standing still is not an option anymore. They can't be back in this spot. They need a clearer path forward. And so uncertainty reigns. The season is over. The wake, so to speak, is on as we examine and pick apart the season. Because moving forward, things have to change. And they have to change for the better. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. I want to thank you all for listening to Locked on Magic throughout the course of the season, throughout the pandemic. It has been a long season. It has been a season that has taken almost an entire year. Usually around Labor Day, we're talking about players coming back to town to start the next season. We are ending our season a week before Labor Day. So I want to thank all of you who listen to this podcast, all of you who follow me on Twitter, or follow, the, follow us at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I want to thank you all, the fans, for sticking with us throughout the course of the season, for engaging with us, uh, and for enjoying this team. Um, you know, I... I appreciate all the conversations I have with fans. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show, obviously, and I appreciate everyone for coming along on this crazy ride and on this crazy journey every single year. You all are appreciated, and and I, and I hope I, I hear and listen to you. And again, always feel free to drop me a line, omagicdaily at gmail.com, or of course, you know, men, mention me or, or direct DM me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. I want to give a special thank you to uh, to the players, um, you know, I don't know if anyone within the Orlando Magic organization listens to this podcast. Um, you know, I, I know they know who I am. I know they, I know, I know they do. They do uh, uh, read my stuff on occasion. Um, but I want to take this this time too, to to thank all the players on the team, all the staff on the team, um, what they what they sacrificed and what they decided to do in going into the campus was extreme to say the least. Um, and it's not something they had to do. Um, it, it, it essentially, yes, the league needs the money. Yes, the league, you know, was trying to finish the season. It's, it's the way they had to finish the season, but it, it, it wasn't easy. Um, and I hope, you know, one of the conversations that did come out of the the pause that the league took um, because of the the walkout that the Bucks did uh, and that the rest of the league followed in was just how strenuous being in that bubble has been. Um, just how difficult it has been for everyone to be isolated in the campus. You know, what was seemed like a lot of fun early on has become monot- monotony. Um, you know, I listened to Terrence Ross's podcast, the T. Ross podcast, the other day where he talked about, you know, what's gone on the last few days as the, as the players sorted themselves out and tried to, tried to you know, give direct action to, to, their, to the Board of Governors and, 
and to and to everyone else to to, to try and try and help solve you know very real issues of, of social importance and you know you could just hear in Terrence Ross's voice and you know he's usually pretty chill and mellow anyway you could just hear that the whole situation was weighing on him um you know maybe I'm reading into it too too much but um you could just you could just feel the weight of it all um kind of getting to him you know wanting to see his family wanting to be be with his children um you know, just just wanting to be out you know, have a little bit of freedom again. Um, again, we're all dealing with a little bit of that, a little bit of cabin fever because of the pandemic. Hope, you know, hopefully we're all still practicing social distancing and, and wearing our masks and stuff. Um, but, you know, it, what these players did was was incredible. Um, you know, it takes it took incredible bravery, you know, incredible sacrifice. Um, and, and I want to make sure that everyone knows that, that, that it is not overlooked and it is not forgotten. You know, I'm very happy that the players... Um, that are making it to the second round are able to have families stay with them uh, inside the campus. Um, I think that's that's going to help a ton. I think it's going to make everyone feel a lot better and a lot more refreshed, um, and ultimately just help their mental health, which has obviously been uh, one of the major issues that has come up in the last few days. So, again, thank you to all the fans, all the listeners uh, for coming along with us on this journey. Thanks again to the players and staff of the Orlando Magic. Uh, for doing this uh, for for doing this for us because at the end of the day it's for the fans uh, and as much as you know we, we want to listen and want to be allies in their fight for social justice we're also all basketball fans and you know they're playing they're playing for us and and, and entertaining us in, in a dark time for all of us as we deal with the pandemic uh, and I want to thank them for everything that they've done uh, to do that and provide that to us I've, I've really enjoyed having basketball back in my life I won't lie um, and and it's been it's been good, um, and, and I want I want them to know that that you know while there's there's more serious things to do, um, they have certainly provided entertainment and provided joy to a lot of people as well, and, and they deserve our thanks for that as well. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. That is a wrap for the 2020 season at long last. Uh, we'll hear from we'll hear from the, uh, Steve Clifford and Jeff Weltman. One more time uh, during the course of the week. We'll have that sound for you coming up later. I'm not doing an episode Monday. This is Monday's episode. So until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich signing off for the 2020 season. I'm out of words. I'm out of words. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.